Welcome to issue 62 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and joining me tonight is Steve. Why, hello there. Hello, Daniel. Hey, welcome back, Chris. Why, thank you. And Mike. Hey, Chris. Good to hear from you again. Thanks. Well, we had you on not too long ago. You were here to uh, tear a strip off Daniel for yeah. uh, for his yellow jacket, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> No, that was a good episode. That was fun. Thanks for coming on. And you mentioned that uh, you really like the Scarlet Witch story. And you said, hey, if you're ever doing Scarlet Witch, please keep me in mind. So, yeah, we kept you in mind because uh, we don't surely don't know anything about this villain. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the Scarlet and Scarlet Rhodey is an ode to Scarlet Witch herself. So I, I might know one or two things about yep. her. Yep. All right. So for our listeners, this is, of course... A shadow of the past episode. So at this point, I will kick it off to Scarlet Rhodey for the origin story. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about Scarlet Witch's nemesis, the Emerald Warlock. So his first appearance was actually pretty recent. It was an Uncanny Avengers well, annual uh, number one in November 2015. And well, 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 slow down, Yellow Jacket. Slow Perfect. down. And uh, I'm just going to stop you here, Chris. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, yeah? Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Go on. That's that's not the nemesis it's oh oh yeah silly me right uh the high evolutionary so his real name's herbert windham and his first hang on hang on i gotta i gotta stop you again oh still not the nemesis wow oh uh apocalypse twins uncanny no cthune no it's it's luminous oh uh oh luminous 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 Luminous. Okay, well, I got this. So, yeah. <laughs> first, we have to take it a little back. Uh, to discuss Luminous, we have to talk about the birth of Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. So, they have a very long comics history, and their birth story is um, something that's evolved in the, what, 70 years or so since uh, the 60s. And because of that, there's a lot of changes and things like that. So to fully understand that, we have to talk about that high evolutionary guy that I mentioned before. He is a scientist who has a sort of complex where he wants to evolve human life and mostly tests on animals, creating what he calls the new men. Uh, these are animals who walk, talk, wear clothes, full, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, in his hideouts, basically, Wundagar Mountain. So the story of the twins' birth has four facts that have not changed over the years. One, they were born on Wundagar Mountain and with the High Evolutionary. Two, Bova, a cow woman, one of the new men and probably the most famous one, was their mother's midwife and cared for the twins when they were infants. Three... Bova. Bova, yes, like bovine. Clever, clever. So- I don't Cow know what woman. they changed. I'm already amazed that they didn't change this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think Bova would be like number one on the list. 
anyway, these are the things that have stayed constant. Uh, uh, <laughs> their mother dies in childbirth. And the last one is that the High Evolutionary gives the twins to Django and Maria Maximoff to raise as their own. And so the twins believe that the Maximoffs are their parents for years and years and years. They grow up as Romani and travel most of Eastern Europe, mostly in the fictional country of Transia. It's there growing up that their powers manifest themselves. And uh, Wanda accidentally lights a fire that sort of basically gets the, the villagers of where they are to run them out of town, essentially. And this is sort of when Magneto comes in. They join the um, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants before joining the Avengers and that whole comic history of theirs. So jumping a little uh, <laughs> forward, while they're Avengers, Django contacts them after a long time to kind of reveal to them that he's not really their dad and that he doesn't really know. He was just given the twins from the High Evolutionary and that's all we know. Until 1974, our time, not the twins' time. Then the twins learned that two Golden Age heroes, so basically comic heroes from the era of like Captain America before he was put on ice, so saving the world in the 40s, all that sort of stuff in the 50s. Robert Frank, aka The Wizard. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> yep, I'm waiting for that. Yep. Mm -hmm. The Wizard. Hang on, wizard. I've, I've, I've heard reference to this guy before. Yeah, uh, Bob Frank, he <laughs> is a speedster, um, and he got his speed from the bite of, like, a mongoose? What? <laughs> I, you, you, it's so absurd, you, you can't be making that up, Chris. Clearly the fastest animal alive, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, this makes sense. The wizard, he's a speedster, Quicksilver, speedster, totally makes sense, right? Yeah, uh, okay. His wife was Madeline. Uh, she went by the name of Ms. America, M-I-S-S, -S, uh, not to be confused with America Chavez's original codename. Or the pageant winners? Yes, or, or that. Okay. Yeah. Wait, right. the wizard. The wizard was in Jessica Jones season two. Season two, yes, thank you. I was trying yes. to, I, yeah. yeah. Yes, also that, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do not the same wizard. Sorry, continue. <laughs> So Marvel actually went all in on this, so much so that in the comics in the 70s uh, to the early 80s, anytime that Wanda or Pietro show up, they're actually referred to as Wanda Frank and Pietro Frank. They drop the Maximoff last name completely, and they have Frank. So a lot of classic stories about the budding romance between Wanda and Vision, she's called Wanda Frank all the time, because it's the same era. So it's kind of weird, I think, too, if you're a reader and you go back there and you're like, wait a minute. Thought her name was something else. Um, so they were very all in on this parentage for about eight years. <laughs> in 1982, in uh, a small miniseries called Vision and the Scarlet Witch, uh, the first one was only four issues. Wanda comes to mostly the confirmation that the wizard really is not their dad. You know, he ends up dying in that series without, I think, knowing that the Maximoff twins are not his kids but feeling proud of them still. And she just never felt the need to, you know, burst his bubble. I think literally in the next issue, she finds out that Magneto, who once saved them uh, when they were younger, is their dad. And his wife at the time, I think Magna, was the, the woman who died in childbirth, giving birth to the twins on Wonder Gore Mountain. 
Magneto was sort of their dad. I think a lot of people think that, uh, you know, know that from like the 90s animated series and just the length of time that he was considered their father. Because it wouldn't be until 2014 that uh, they got another parentage change. (laughs) So during the Access event in 2014, some heroes and villains had their moral accesses flipped. So characters like Iron Man uh, and Scarlet Witch kind of broke bad, while characters like Sabretooth broke good. It's not a great event. If you don't read it, no one's going to be sad about it. So during this period, <laughs> she got really angry at Magneto, who's trying to stop her, and her brother, who was also who did not break bad, who's trying to stop her. So she cast a spell that would only hurt her blood relatives, and Quicksilver got hurt, but not Magneto, confirming that they uh, were not mutants at all, and that Magneto's not their dad. They couldn't just do like a DNA test. Yeah, it. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's working. I think they literally were like, well, Pietro and Magneto both have white hair. Clearly parent and child. No questions asked, right? One wonders the amount of, uh, you know, just ancestry DNA going on in the Marvel Universe. I don't think it's very uh, popular. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if the Marvel Universe has a Jerry Springer, but maybe. Yeah. Well, all those all those lab fees and stuff, you know. Magneto, you are not the father. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. And so that kind of brings us to 2015's Uncanny Avengers Volume 2. It's a five-issue series. Issue number two saw the first appearance of Luminous, the nemesis we're actually here to talk about. Whoa. Great. (laughs) Luminous. All right. So this Uncanny Avengers story it's not necessarily much of an Avenger story, but it's a really Wanda and Pietro story. After learning that Magneto is not their father, they decide to kind of find the high, the high evolutionary because, like I said, he's one of the constants in their birth. And so they want answers. But to find him, he was not on Earth anymore. He was on this place called Counter-Earth, which actually, I, it was not new for this series. It's been around in the comics here and there. Uh, But it's essentially a planet that's the same size as Earth on our opposite side of our orbit. So we would never see it because it's on the other side of the sun. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes perfect scientific sense. Yeah. Total. Yep. (laughs) Total. Comic book. Infallible scientific truth. I think that's where um, Carl was hiding out after he got blown off of Earth with the helium. Probably. Probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they find the High Evolutionary there, and he's created a whole civilization of his new men. And then we see, I think even in that first issue of Uncanny Avengers, he feels that his civilization is faulted. It's not perfect. So he commits genocide, as one does, and then raises a whole new civilization of new men. It's kind of what he's been doing over and over and over again, while he's been sort of missing from the comics. There... In issue two, we are finally introduced to Luminous, and she is a creation of the High Evolutionary using the genetic material that he got from Wanda and Petra when they were babies, when they were first born, to create basically 2.0, a better Wanda and Pietro. One, we find out that uh, their powers are mostly scientific and from High Evolutionary's experiments on them as uh, infants. Two, Luminous has both their powers. She has control over chaos magic, 
but she can control it better than Wanda. And she has super speed, but can go faster than Pietro. She's a full-on better than both of them. Oh, well, that's not fair. Right? <laughs> yeah. So she's their uh, sort of younger sister. So she's Scarlet Witch's nemesis, but not Quicksilver's. Yeah, I th- uh, there's really, you know, she has four comic book appearances. Her last appearance is Uncanny Avengers Volume 2, number five, the last issue in that series. And she's never been seen since uh, in the comics. So there's really no real reason why she'd be one twins over the other twins outside of... She's a girl? Kinda, yeah. Right? I don't want to say it, but yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> that might be it. And so, yeah. She just has those powers, and like I said, this was an Avengers book, so there were a few other folks, like Sam Wilson as Captain America, Rogue, that good version of Sabretooth, he stayed good for a while, and Vision, and Wanda and Pietro couldn't even take down Luminous. They never beat her, she kept kind of overpowering them, using sort of their powers in a more harmonious way, so she was taken out actually by Vision, phasing his hand in her head uh, to kind of knock her out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not that bloody, but kind of does the trick. Um, and really <laughs> so he just he just like butts into this whole family affair, right? It's none of his business. Yeah, yeah, and in that series, he sort of has his own because the Avengers get separated when they get to Counter Earth, so they all sort of have their minor subplots. But it's primarily a Wanda and Pietro series. But Vision has this like weird little subplot where he kind of meets like a, a female synthesoid where they're maybe going to have babies. And this is before the the more famous Tom King vision series when he has kids, but then rejects that and comes back and then saves his ex-wife, you know, and his ex-brother-in-law who hates him from their overpowered sort of sibling, you know, family. (laughs) Wow. That old chestnut. (laughs) Sounds like pretty good Marvel. And that's it. Okay. So Chris, you mentioned a whole bunch of names before coming to Luminous. Um, Emerald Warlock, uh, High Evolutionary, who you've talked a lot about in the backstory, and Apocalypse Twins, Catone. Like, who are those folks? And why would they have been better nemeses? Yeah. So the Emerald Warlock is relatively new, um, but he was the primary at- villain in Scarlet Witch's only solo ongoing series she's ever had. Um, her okay. comic book history is por- primarily team books. Um, she had a four issue limited series back in the nineties, which is, it, I own it in a trade paperback. It is the most nineties thing in the world. Trust me. And so, but in 2015, she got her own ongoing series that lasted 15 issues. She sort of wanted to fix witchcraft, uh, Agatha's in it, uh, as a, like a supporting character and this Emerald Warlock, uh, DM, and he is sort of an ancient irish warlock who just kind of like wants to sow chaos um and comes up against wanda who's trying to fix magic uh and witchcraft from what he's doing and they kind of butt heads throughout it all um and he's really set up as sort of her almost equal and nemesis throughout that series that's why he would make the most sense i mean from a solo book and all that sort of stuff uh, the Apocalypse Twins are two mutant twins who were raised by Kang and sent back in time at one point 
to kind of like help him by taking out mutants because this was during Kang's very racist anti-mutant phase. So this was all in Uncanny Avengers uh, Volume 1, which I think started in 2012. So it's still relatively new. It's about, you know, 10 years old. The whole point of that series is it was after Avengers versus X-Men. And so the team is made up of both mutants and Avengers to sort of create a unity squad. And so Kang was one of the major villains in that series, using his twins that he raised as the Apocalypse twins. And they wanted to use Wanda uh, as sort of a battery for all their shenanigans. And so that's why they would also make an interesting nemesis choice. And then Cthulhu is just, uh, you know, an ancient, like, Cthulhu or whatever, however you say that. The Cthulhu guy? Yeah, you know, squid fur face. That guy. He has tapped Wanda since she was born sort of as his, like, earthly vessel. And she's sort of always dealt with that um, in the background as some of the, like, uh, as we've seen her slip out of sanity and things like that, that... um, you know, he's been sort of responsible. So I think that would be a, a real out of left field one, but a, a possibility. And maybe more so, and probably been more in comics than Luminous has been. Because okay. she's literally been in four issues ever. Wow. Well, all right. She looks cool. Give her that. It's, it seems to be a running theme right now where the Nemesis minions don't necessarily seem to fit perfectly or there are better choices. Something's yeah. happening. There's a I, long game we're not seeing. <laughs> I just don't know if they were unaware of the solo series, because I, I will say the art for Scarlet Witch's hero cards is very reminiscent of her Uncanny Avengers outfit she had during that time period. And so I don't know if they just were reading more of those comics when they were doing that. It's also, um, just from our interviews before, that they actually pick a kind of an era for everybody like everyone's going to wear this costume these special items in the universe are on these characters and they and they maintain that uh, continuity mm, so that it, would... it might have been just that they decided on this look for scarlet witch so then they go with the minion that fits that look in the timeline yeah possibly yep. yeah and that makes sense her newest look I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it. It's uh, like a corset in black pants sort of dealio. But so I could totally see why they went with um, her <laughs> era uh, for sure. Oh, and uh, one quick follow up about those parentage. She does now know her mother, Natalia Maximoff, the first Scarlet Witch. She is Scarlet Witch has now been sort of retconned as a, a family name. And this happens a lot with other magic folks. This is a running theme throughout her solo series from 2015. She sort of met Natalia in a very weird like place called the Witch's Road. Kind of like before Natalia even had Wanda, because time travel time is weird. Anyway, but um, so we know that we don't know her dad yet. That hasn't been revealed um, since the the 2014 retcon. Right. So before the show. Uh, I was saying, hey, you know, I started reading some Scarlet Witch stuff a little bit. Everyone I know is on this House of M kick because of WandaVision. I actually got into it because Molly Glover recommended Avengers Disassembled. And when doing research for Kang, I had just read up on the Young Avengers. So it just seemed natural that I'd do, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, the House of M following. And I really enjoyed it. And then you told me that you, you didn't enjoy it so much. So uh, 
I want to ask you, please, uh, why, what don't you like about House of M? And uh, if I were to open up the best Scarlet Witch story, what would it be? Okay, that second question is hard. Uh, but the first one, I, it's not necessarily that it's a bad story. I think House of M is an interesting story. It definitely had a lot of impact moving forward with you know, return of some characters. It's the first time that Carol Danvers was named Captain Marvel, even though it was sort of her wish. The thing is, as a Scarlet Witch fan, it's not a good Scarlet Witch story. She's basically sort of a MacGuffin throughout the whole thing, where they are just trying to find her so that she can stop this uh, reality. And so it's not that good of a story for her. And it falls into the same trope that a lot of Scarlet Witch stories do, which are someone else taking control of her um, and her immense powers and using her for some other, you know, purpose. And Magneto has done it in the past, too. There's a West Coast Avengers arc called uh, Scarlet Darkly, I think, where he sort of took an emotionally compromised Wanda and used her to kind of, you know, for bad reasons against humans, for pro-mutant reasons. And things like that. So it's happened before. And then, you know, in Secret Empire, uh, it happened yet again. This time with Nick Spencer writing it. And it's just sort of like, a, it's an old and not great trope that keeps happening to her. Uh-huh. And I, I think sometimes it's when writers aren't uh, imaginative enough. It sounds like a Superman being mind control story thing where how do you keep a really powerful being interesting? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, and she definitely has had power creep over the years. You know, when she was first introduced in uh, Uncanny X-Men and then the early Avengers series, she could only do three hex bolts a day. And each hex bolt was weaker than the last one. Ah. Because, you know, classic Sam and Jack sort of weird weaknesses. And and since then, she's grown um, similar to other early, you know, Marvel women like the Invisible Woman and Jean Grey. You know, they've all become sort of big powerhouses throughout the decades. So she just kind of fits that model. I mean, I, I can only do three hex bolts per deck pass. So <laughs> kind of works. There you go. I was going to say, it sounded like you were describing the reader for a minute. Three uses, one weaker than the last. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So my favorite story... That's kind of tough. I think, um, I don't think it would be a lot of people's favorite, and it's super cheesy, but I actually love the second volume of Vision and Scarlet Witch. It follows them through a year of their lives after they've decided to retire from the Avengers and live in New Jersey uh, as normal people. Uh, however, normal people who literally wear superhero costumes every day. So <laughs> the 80s and like they never showed them in casual wear. This is also the series where she gets pregnant The last issue she has, the twins, Tommy and Billy. And, you know, it's just a fun, there's like a Thanksgiving issue. There's a Halloween issue. There's a a Christmas issue because it's like once a month kind of peek into their lives, uh, which is really nice. Another one is the Vision Quest story in West Coast Avengers. This does still have some of those, that tropey, like things happen to her and not agency, but that also was uh, adapted for WandaVision. Also, as a follow-up to House of M, uh, when she came back to the comics, was Avengers Children's Crusade. So it's mostly a Young Avengers story about Billy and Tommy, uh, now Wiccan and Speed of the Young Avengers, 
on a search for their mom, for the Scarlet Witch. And they find her, and it it wraps up a lot of House of M. And kind of, like, you find out why she's so powerful, and, you know, uh, her guilt and all that sort of stuff, and who's sort of really behind it all. And it is a really good story. Kind of compact. I think it's only maybe, like, 12 issues? But good. Also, I love her solo series because we never really get to see her on her own so it's nice to sort of see her and take that time with her now everyone likes that series because they did have different artists for each issue uh in a lot of the artists because she does some globe hopping so a lot of the artists are actually artists from those countries where she's doing her globe hopping and so that's kind of neat cool yeah uh and she hasn't really done she hasn't really been in the comics since 2016 (laughs) Well, I'm delighted she's in the game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. They don't know what to do with her. <laughs> like, where, what team to put her on or anything like that. Well, Steve, should we get to looking at these cards? Yeah, because we were supposed to be talking about Luminous, and we talked about Scarlet Witch the whole time. Sorry, these guys. Darn heroes. That, that's okay. I mean, otherwise, we would have spent three minutes talking about Luminous, right? Uh, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense if you didn't understand that she's like from the high evolutionary and who's that guy and why is there a cow woman it's you know uh, yeah i'm, I'm a little disappointed we don't have the cow woman as a card at this point um we will be making a bova card <laughs> yes is this gonna be a new house rule um, not sure not sure Absolutely. maybe like an environment card yeah, bova. yeah she just heals you you know yeah no i think she's gonna be great yeah <laughs> Alright, uh, so we're going to look at her Nemesis cards. That will be four cards, four by title, and the obligation. So I'll, I'll read the obligation here. We have Slipping Sanity. Give to the Wanda Maximoff player. You may flip to Alter Ego form and choose. Exhaust Wanda Maximoff. Remove Slipping Sanity from the game. Or discard the top five cards of the encounter deck. For each star icon in the boost area discarded this way, Place one threat on the main scheme. Discard this obligation, and it has three boost icons. That's a lot of boost. It's a lot of boost. It's a lot of boost. The first half is pretty classic, right? Pretty normal. And then you could could get, I don't know, one or two stars, depending on what modular set you're playing, in order for that second one. Yeah. Maybe. I I feel like a lot of the newer scenarios have a lot more boosts than the older scenarios. Yeah. Three militants. I think you could get a, quite a few on there. Anachronauts. There's like one on every card. Yeah. In the new campaign, there's a lot of them. In the earlier sets, there were fewer. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I think Scarlet Witch likes the star ones more because of Hexbolt. So it's sort of like uh, a risk to be playing yeah. those scenarios. All right. Well, I'll read her second card. This is an obligation called Slipping Sanity. <laughs> Give to the Wanda Maximoff player. You may flip to Alter Ego form. Choose either Exhaust Wanda Maximoff and remove this from the game, or discard the top five cards of the encounter deck. For each star icon in the boost area, discard it this way. Place one thread on the main scheme. Discard this obligation. Three boost icons. It seems familiar. A little bit. I feel like I've heard that before. It's a little derivative. A little bit. So, I don't understand the power of the Slipping Sanity Storm. Like, Why does it rip her pants off? She's wearing shorts. I just don't understand. Does she have like, um, like sort of dance shorts under there? I don't. I don't. What era is that? It's a. It's a commissioned piece. Yeah, Miguel. This really is it. This really is a game for thirteen-year-old boys. So I mean, that's fine. 
Yeah. If I'm being honest, I, this doesn't even <laughs> look like Wanda. I don't know who this lady is. Clearly stuck yeah. in a- I mean, they might have commissioned it for something else. <laughs> like, like, look, this works. Hey, this looks like someone losing their mind. Yeah. And pants. Okay. <laughs> now, Scarlet Witch, two copies of Slipping Sanity. I, I think it fits her character, right? I like it. Yeah, cool to have two of them, especially because of all her abilities, like playing off of boost icon. So you've added a yet another three boost icon card to the deck. Um, adds to the chaos factor because there's two of them in the deck. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think, because um, I know on Discord, prior to we learning that it was Luminous, even some people would be like, oh, maybe it's her or some sort of, you know, because she's uh, had some moments, uh, mental health moments in the comics. So I do think having two of them represents that well. Um, mm-hmm. And and also, you know, she goes through that encounter deck a lot. So her adding, you know, an extra card is never a bad thing. That's a good point. I also think of this one as, as an interesting decision, too. I mean, it's not... I don't just automatically exhaust her and remove it from the game. Um, there, there have been times... And I've been playing Scarlet Witch a lot lately, and there's just times where I... Like, fine, discard the top five. I don't care. You know? Yeah, and you take a it's, shot. Can you can you handle five threat? And if you get less than that, hey, even yeah. better. Yeah, and, you know, usually the, the threat manager on the team can deal with it. So... Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I think it fits into she's strangely a gambler of a play uh, of a hero because you're always sort of gambling with hexbolt, gambling with molecular decay, and gambling with this if you don't want to exhaust. And especially if you're like almost gonna win, <laughs> and you yeah. just don't want to get exhausted. Like, but you can take that threat. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like this card a lot. Yeah, that that second option is a little tougher in solo where the threat threshold's lower. Sure. Um, but yeah, in a multiplayer game, you're like, yeah, yeah, put it on, you know, maybe three threat. Yeah. Although on the other hand, she is, you know, natively like two thwart. So a lot of times if you're using a basic power of hers, it's going to be thwarting. Yep. So I think she, even solo, can handle threat better than a lot of other heroes. True. All right. Well, Scarlet, you are the man of the hour. So why don't you read the Nemesis card? Gladly. Luminous, a unique minion. <laughs> Two scheme, two attack, five health, the elite trait, force response. After Luminous activates against you, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If two or more boost icons were discarded this way, deal yourself one encounter card. Uh, She's the nemesis minion, and she has two boost icons herself. Now, speaking of art, Disney's worked it out really well, because all they have to do when they put Luminous in the movie is just cast Rosario Dawson from her Mandalorian role, and it's set. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Right? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit, like, the Leku, like, yeah, it's all there. So, but it's great art. I like I like it a lot. Like, cape things. Maybe it's from her hair. I don't know. Yeah, I thought right, it was but it looks hers. like, it looks like the, the yeah. Yep. Asana. Yeah. So yeah. it was uh, Leku. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, has a, it has that look to it. Sure. <laughs> but I guess we should we're not here to talk about that, are we? I'm sorry. I like her. Yeah, I like that it like knowing that she has Wanda's DNA and the card itself has like a chaos effect based on like how Wanda has a chaos effect in the game. It's really fun. Because you're you're hoping for you're you're going through the encounter deck a little bit quicker, and then you're just hoping that it's a low 
boost icon card, right? So right. You know, this this card is missing one thing, and it's what many of the, our our minion nemesis minions are missing. But this one thematically would make sense to have quick strike. Um, really since would, it yeah. is also Quicksilver's yeah. DNA as well. Any of these nemeses that have a forced response when they uh, when they activate against you, I just wish they all had quick strike so it would guarantee happen once. Yeah, no, I 100%. You know, but um, for her, it seems to make sense based on what you said, Chris, for her backstory. Yeah, I so. think she's such a theme fail to not have quick strike. I mean, yep. yeah. I agree with you that the Nemesis minions probably should have it just so that they do more. Because um, even at five, yeah, she's a beefier one, but like you could still get rid of her in one turn. Yep. And you're going to want to, right? You don't want an extra encounter card, so she's going to get targeted. And and Wanda herself has the card to do it automatically, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, so. You, you kind of waste a little bit of it, but yeah. She's our, what, our first speedster villain? yeah who decided that yeah that is a miss (laughs) yeah it's just yeah it just feels weird i guess nice that she's elite because i think you know there's some cards that what you know don't let you get rid of them like in red skull and things but like yeah where's critical (laughs) encounters house rule quick strike on luminous boom number 725 she is also protected by the guard keyword Oh, yeah, she's elite, too. Okay, Daniel, tell the listeners what she can do. Well, I will. She's got some magical suspension. It's an attachment. It's a spell and attaches to your identity, Mike. And each card you play costs one additional resource. And as a hero action, you can exhaust your hero to discard this card. And it has two boost icons. I like it. Yeah. She doesn't hurt too much from exhausting herself. I mean, she does a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, this is terrible for other heroes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a Thor, a She-Hulk, you know. A Hulk, yeah. yeah. Anyone using their base stats primarily. I can see in some builds when she's thwarting, this could be really hurtful. Her primary ability to like play a different card from the encounter deck doesn't matter if you're ready or not, so it doesn't impact right. that at all. Right. I guess what's interesting is that this can attach to your alter ego, but you can't get rid of it unless you're a hero. Oh, yeah. So if she's got an alter ego card in her hand, she's got to make a choice, right? Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's a good good point. All right. I want to tell you about the next one because I didn't really get one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Go ahead. This Fine, is Mike. Chaos Manipulation. It's a treachery card. When revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Luminous and put her into play engaged with you. I already like this card. Discard the top card of the encounter deck. If two or more boost icons were discarded this way, Luminous activates against you. Hey, hey. So under our house rules, she could activate twice. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Yeah, maybe this is why they didn't give her Quick Strike, because this card exists and people would be curious, how do I activate a Quick Strike when I've activated it already? I like that it kind of feels the same, right? Two or more boost icons, she's going to activate. When she activates, you're flipping another card for two or more boost icons. It's got a nice pairing there. So can I ask a rules question? This one could conceive... It's going to do something, right, because of the discard the top card of the encounter deck. Does that happen even if she's already engaged with someone and you don't actually find her from discard or encounter deck? So let's say I draw this, but she's already engaged with me. According to the rules, right, you you perform each sentence independently. Search the encounter deck and discard power for Luminous. Because it's not a then, right? 
Right. Yeah, so let, let's make this a little more convoluted because it might happen. Let's say you pull this card, Daniel, but she's engaged yep. with me. Right. You don't put her engaged with you. Right. Because she's not in the encounter deck. She's not in the discard pile. But then you discard the top card in the encounter deck, and Luminous can activate against you from my threat area. Yeah. Sweet. Hmm. Wow, yeah. As red, that works. Even better, I think. Yep. That's the only chaos. Thing, if two or more boost icons, if only there was a way that we could guarantee that lots of boost icons are being discarded, hey? Can't happen. No Can't possible happen. way. Oh, no possible it. way. Unless Steve tells us about one Unless right now. Unless we could take the boost icons to the next evolution. Boom. Oh. Nicely done, do sir. Nicely done. <laughs> we have a side scheme. The next evolution. Side scheme. <laughs> the high evolutionary intends to build a god fit for the 21st century high evolutionary. Increase the number of boost icons on each encounter card by one. It has two threat per player and two boost icons. This is hilarious because Scarlet Witch is going, oh, yes, and everyone else is going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I think that's kind of neat that we have the High Evolutionary in here with Luminous, considering the backstory we learned about both Scarlet Witch and Luminous. That's pretty cool. I like it. That Yeah, that extra boost icon is pretty pretty interesting because you you get closer to being able to do the the three with scarlet which is like hex bolts more damage with molecular decay but you also can't get a a zero anymore on a hex bolt unless you use her crest which is tricky and then of course you're just taking more damage or the threat's going up or luminous is activating more often i think it's a i think it's great card for the set it's in I, Mm -hmm. i i love it yeah well, I'm just saying, is it fair to say, based on her on Scarlet Witch's backstory and stuff, the fact that her encounter set, or her nemesis set, rather, seems to have a much worse effect on her teammates than on her? Is that thematic? I guess maybe in some ways. Yeah. You know, maybe. I, so. I mean, because pure chaos, right? I mean, like, because mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't hit her as bad as, like, the other, anyone else on her team doesn't want to see more boost icons, doesn't want to be exhausted, doesn't want... Like, I don't know, just seems like, yeah, or, or, or she has a much, it's a much more deleterious effect on everybody at the table than other nemesis sets, maybe is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I clearly played too much solo, so I didn't even think about it that way, mm-hmm. but you're right. Yeah. It kind of does suck. Cause especially like chaos manipulation, like, yeah. you know, assuming Luminous has probably been defeated. She's in a discard pile somewhere. And then you pull that out. <laughs> yeah. Get stuck with her. Her obligation, even, if she makes the choice to put threat on. Yeah, that's not a joke. Yeah. That's a global impact. It doesn't hurt her necessarily. That, right? Or that magical suspension can go on anybody. It goes on. Yeah. And. Oof. Yeah. Well, we did learn she hasn't had that many solo comic runs. So she's a team player <laughs> in so many ways. I mean, she's a very powerful hero, so I think this is a great way to balance her out by actually hurting her teammates. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a yep. unique way to do it. So, rate the set. Rate the set, Daniel. You know what? I'm going to give it an A-, and it would have been an A if Luminous had Quick Strike. would have been an A+, plus if she had Quick Strike. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think but that's... Yeah. yeah. Because if she even had Quick Strike, they could have just changed something about Chaos Manipulation to fix that problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Steve, take us to the next segment. Oh, all right. So we have a, <laughs> we, 
We've been running a contest for quite a little while now, and it's come to a close. You might have seen out there, you heard us talk about, we were looking for villain victories. We wanted you to hashtag Critical Encounters Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have a bunch of the open play alt art cards to give away. We had some great villain victories, uh, especially great. since Galaxy's Most Wanted came out. We want to announce some winners. We were picking two of our favorite stories, and then we randomly cho- chose one before the show started to give away for a third uh, winner. So do you guys want to read one of our I results? totally would love to read one of our winners. Why don't you read one of our winner's results, Daniel? All right. So this is um, the letter accompanying the villainous victory from our listener, our dear listener, Eric. All right. He says, hello, villains. On Tuesday, I sat down to play Marvel Champions and saw your latest episode was about Kang. I thought it was a perfect opportunity to play my Kang deck for the first time, so I set up and started listening to your show as I played. When I got to your contest announcement, I had to laugh. I had picked both Iron Man and Captain America to face off against Kang Temporal. I immediately began rooting for Kang so I could get the (laughs) extra contest entry. (laughs) Paid off, Eric. Yeah, Um, paid off. (laughs) Uh, it was not to be, though, as those do-gooder Avengers eventually dispatched King with the knockout blow coming from a lockjaw. However, as Steve and Tony debated who truly led them to victory, King regained consciousness, distracted Lockjaw with a Tyrannosaurus Rex bone, and hopped away to a different time. Apparently, that time portal led him back to my table tonight. In honor of St. Patrick's Day, I went with the green team of Hulk and She-Hulk facing off against Kang, Master of Time. This game went much better for the villain and shall be referred to as the St. Patrick's Day Massacre. The Stage 2 Kings worked over the Jade duo, and then Stage 3 King rather quickly ended things without taking a single point of damage. I've included a couple of photos to show each game. I have to say, Kang's a lot of fun to play, and I'm looking forward to being able to play him with multiple players, hopefully soon. Ooh, LCG Con may be there, Mike? Um, uh, yeah, which was uh, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh, right. <laughs> I hope you played with folks, Eric. Thanks for doing this contest and the podcast. Consistently makes me laugh, and I like how informative it is about both the comics history and the game, Eric. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Congratulations, Eric. And congratulations on your villainous victory. Yeah, reach out to us so we can get your uh, information so we can send you a set. Uh, Mike, we have another one. Do you want to read the next one? Oh, yeah. This one comes from Alan Meek, who sent us a couple questions in the past, I believe. Yes. All right. Uh, we just got a page in an envelope shoved beneath our door here. It's uh, written on top, Hydra Patrol Report, number 320. Victim, Zola. Culprits, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Aliases, Captain America and Iron Man. Victim Report. So there I was, turning these regular Hydra soldiers into super versions of themselves. I invited my friend Modok and even invited Mr. Rogers' girlfriend and Mr. Stark's best friend to witness the improvements. I thought they would enjoy it. Then I see Captain America walk up. I sent out some mutates to greet him, and what do you know what happened? He attacked them. My friend Modok tried to go out and talk to him, and he hit them with that shield of his. More mutates attempted to go talk to him, and I even sent some to Mr. Stark to see if he could talk some sense into them. Then, you guessed it, Iron Man comes flying out of his tower and starts messing up my experiments and taking out my friends. Fortunately, the two heroes were so busy beating up my friends that I was able to complete my experiment. Excuse me, what was the question? Oh, I don't know where War Machine and Agent 13 are, but I can assure you they left unharmed from my prison uh, hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful write-up. Thank you very much. Thank you, <laughs> thank Alan. You, and thank you for all your questions and uh, contributions on Discord as well. 
Yes. Excellent. Uh, good stuff. So we did pull a third uh, winner. This was a randomly chosen. We had a whole bunch of people send in stuff on email and Twitter and Facebook. And Zachary B., you're our random winner. Uh, he also got defeated by Kang. Just couldn't get the last point off of Kang Stage 3. And he sent us a wonderful photo of Luminous on the table and Scarlet yeah. Witch being defeated uh, while Kang wins. And it looks like my table after any game. There's so many things going on. You really don't know what the heck's going on. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hey, he's got an ancient warrior in there that has quick strike. Yep. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Quite a few acceleration tokens too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks to everyone who who sent something in. Yeah. These are a lot uh, of fun to go through. A board game lawyer had a funny a funny one. I had everything under control until Black Jack O'Hare came onto the scene. That wascal habit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, they were they were great. They were a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks everybody. Well, Mike, what if more people want to send us things that are funny and wonderful? Hey, do you want to send us things that are funny and wonderful? <laughs> you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. And you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, Wandering Tooth, and Scarlet Roadie. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Luminous, take us out. You're all much older and grosser than I imagined. Wow, get that a lot, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> Whew.